Welcome to the Belfast Podcast, dedicated to those deconstructing, reconstructing their faith. I'm your host, Luke Byler, and today I'm uh, I'm actually using a clip that's a little bit old. It was part of a conversation me and Daniel had before we had our conversation about the nature of literature, and it was a conversation that comes from something that I've been thinking about for a while, having to do with... <clears throat> having to do with my experience in seminary, excuse me, specifically, specifically my experience with seminary making me more cynical. Now, I was already fairly cynical before I went to seminary, but after having been in it for a while, I feel like I've become even more so. So we had a discussion about how seminary has made us cynical people what we feel like we need to do about that, what we have done about that, and just kind of how it's manifested itself as of late in our lives. So I hope for anyone who feels like they're cynical towards the church, towards Christian community, towards God, towards the Bible, uh, finds some hope and respite in this conversation, some kinship, because I think we all feel that at some level. And if you don't, then please email me and tell me how you don't feel that, because I seem to feel that quite a lot. So that's what this discussion's about. King commies, look out, tell them, look out for my worldview. Cloudy when you sinking, got you thinking it's a whirlpool. Caesar in your pockets, you can't see who's in your pockets. But Stevie's inner visions touch your eyes and make the world move. Wifey bob her head and make her curls move. Crown jewel is character, and this ain't immortality with fairy dust. Yeah. Never land, never say I never gave you hands. This is if one I can't conversation we have to have at some point, maybe off air a few times more before we have it on air. But yeah. if only for my online presence there is a reason i'm getting my master's in theology yeah right yeah. uh part of it is my ticket to the guild mm-hmm. broadly speaking uh but the other part of it is reliability yeah uh, i know that it probably isn't absolutely necessary to build an online presence and do the kind of thing we're doing mm-hmm. but it gives me a little bit of security and helps structure as much as I have issues with certain things in the educational system that I'm in right now. And we've talked yeah. about that before. Yeah. I am. And as much as I dog on it, even on air, I am more happy for it than sad about it. And I think it's at least at this point um, necessary. Yeah. Well, and I would also say it allows us to, it gives us exposure Mm -hmm. to the conversations that are happening at, for lack of a better term, and for people who are listening as opposed to watching, I'm doing air quotes right now, but like the highest level, right? Yeah. It gives us the context and the information about the the conversations that are happening and the, um, the discussions and the resources that they're using as background um, that I think is important. Yeah. Um, I used to hate, you know, in, in undergrad writing a paper and having to cite sources. And now that I'm in my master's and I'm in a field that I love, 
I absolutely love having to cite my sources because it proves that I made a decent argument. Mm-hmm. Even if I'm wrong or my thesis gets disproven later, it at least shows that I did my homework. And yeah. I'm trying. So, yeah. yeah. I think well, that's really why you and I are probably both getting the education that we are. Mm-hmm. On that note of being in the guild, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I pitched... Full disclosure, I pitched this to you just now before we started recording. So I'm yeah, you're kind of prepared for, for that. <laughs> you're kind of prepared for the question, but it's a discussion I've been wanting to have with you because I kind of I have it with my one of my other friends, John, who's hopefully going to be on this podcast one day, uh, who oddly seems to be keeping track of me, which is fun. <laughs> uh, he made a comment about how my video on Heiser got like has gotten eight thousand views. And I looked at it shortly after he made that statement and it had 8.1. And I was like, well, like two months ago, that thing had 6.5. So John at some level is keeping tabs on what's happening here, which I find fantastic. Uh, (laughs) That's a good friend. So yeah, so there's I that. I still want to meet him, so. Oh no, I'm, I'm excited for that. So me yeah. and John have kind of had this conversation in different ways. Yeah. But I wanted to have a discussion with you and record it just hopefully for anyone else who might feel this, maybe not even specifically in our context, mm-hmm. uh, but maybe so. Yeah. How has being in the theological guild and this realm of study made you because it's made me yeah cynical yeah uh what i mean by that is partially twofold cynical so i've been in our private relationship that's an odd phrase but sure yeah um, in our off-air conversations sure. yeah, and, yeah, yeah and the friendship that we have yeah, guys, don't don't think anything weird's going on here. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, Daniel is a happily married man, and I am yes. uh, not married, but definitely into women. Uh, <laughs> oh man, this might have to. Okay, <laughs> I'm keeping it. I'm keeping it. That's All fine. right, that's fine. All right. <clears throat> Hopefully, Bethany laughs at that one. Oh, I'm sure she um, will. Uh, but anyway, so I've been sending you stuff on instagram because i keep getting all these pastors on instagram reels probably partially because i keep sending them to you so i'm interacting with the videos so thanks for that so i'm interacting with the videos so that makes the algorithm feed them to me more yeah of you know they're 30 seconds they're a minute of things from sermons and it just makes me for the most part roll my eyes and i want to stick my fingers in my throat and throw up uh yeah and I've I've had that reaction, maybe not that adverse of a reaction, but yeah. I seem to have that reaction a lot yeah. when I hear sermons, particularly sermons. I don't know what it is that I have against sermons. Maybe it's the, we'll get into this in a minute, the emotionality of it, mm-hmm. the simplicity of it in many ways which is mm-hmm. part of the reason that I love my pastor in the church I go to. Um, yeah. So yeah, it doesn't leave a good taste in my mouth. And I, I find myself very cynical towards these things rather than appreciative and grateful 
and happy that at the very least people are hearing about Jesus. Yeah. 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 So uh, I'll use an example that'll come back later, but I have a a friend who uh, doesn't live in Springfield. He was in Kansas city, but he went to film school for a while and was in that world for quite a bit, made his own short films just in in the film world in film criticism which was fun because i could have a lot of those conversations with him and we would just sit there and laugh at his parents uh watching like blue bloods or something yeah oh medium shot reaction shot medium shot location shot with text medium shot like just making yeah. fun of the simplicity of the filmmaking in a yeah. show like that or the dialogue. So on the nose, right? Yeah. And he's, he made comments to me that I now understand in a different way of, yeah, dude, I can't just watch movies anymore. It's really hard for me to enjoy them. Yeah. And I'm not there yet, but I'm getting there. Uh, we had a conversation earlier about Ozark. Yeah. And I was like, there's some things about it that just aggravate me. And there's other things I really enjoy, yeah. which is maybe part of everything. Uh, but I can't, in that same way, I can't just sit there and enjoy a sermon. I can't. Yeah. I, I've become a critic. I've become a cynic. Uh, and then, so how does your, all that is to say, to fill up the air with my own voice, how does that, kind of how does how does your placement in the guild and your study of this thing in a deep manner affect your relationship with church at large or sermon specifically and then the other way it's hit me i'm i'm hoping to give you these things to kind of react and play off of yeah. and hopefully prove me wrong and just a spiteful person <laughs> I'll do my best. So maybe. I said this earlier and I'm having the same reaction. So me and John had this conversation. This was like three days ago. We, me and John had a conversation and we were talking about, we were talking about people who talk about God directing their lives and saying stuff like, oh yeah, but the Lord just really like, I feel led to be here. God called me to do this. Mm-hmm. And it was specifically a reaction to a conversation I overheard a girl having with someone else in my apologetics class where she goes, she goes, this is just, this is just my cynic, right? Yeah. She's talking to this guy and she goes, yeah, I just, the Lord's really called me to be an evangelist. And in my head, I go, ugh, evangelism. <laughs> Right. So there's one. Yeah. And, then, and then she goes, yeah, but I don't know if that means I should just work at a church right now or do that. I feel like I should really go overseas. I'm just waiting for, for the Lord to really direct me. And then our professor takes prayer requests before class, which I'm totally fine with. I'm not knocking that thing. Yeah. She raises her hand and she goes, yeah, I just have a lot of turmoil about decisions I need to make in the future and what I want to do now. And I almost wanted to shout at her, just make a decision. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And this is the, the 
functionalist in me mm-hmm. where I think about it and I say, man, I was debating seminaries. I was debating if I was going to go to NTS in Kansas City, Nazarene Theological Seminary, or AGTS in Springfield. And I'm going to put it this way, although it might not be the right words. I don't know how much God cares about which seminary I went to. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. I've said this before. Yeah. But just this whole vibe, I'll use that word, of, and this, my point in telling that story is I told that story to John. And yeah. John was like, yeah, this is where I get really so no clone just go. So what do you mean by a relationship with God? And he yeah. goes, you mean emotion? Yeah. So, dude, I laugh at this and I think it's kind of funny because it's true, mm-hmm. but also in, in complete seriousness, I don't know the last time I really sat and prayed. Yeah. And wanted to, here we go with the, the language of emotion and feet like mm-hmm. connect with God. Again, yeah. what do you mean when you say that? Yeah. Oh, my emotional inner, yeah. inner life is just so in balance and Holy Spirit just spoke to me and I'm so at peace. And I'm not like, I'm being a bit dramatic, but the point is, I'm not saying those things aren't real. Yeah. But that's what a lot of people mean when they say, yeah, my relationship with God is good. Meaning, mm-hmm. oh man, I feel really close to him. Or, man, I'm just having a tough time. I can't, and I've had people, people, other people in my class be like, yeah, I, I just, I know it's, this is a whole nother conversation linking back to what we talked about last week. Mm-hmm. I, there's just a bunch of spiritual warfare, man. I'm not like sleeping well. And I'm not saying that those things aren't s- spiritual in a sense. I would. Well, in hold... fact, our last conversation last week should prove that we do believe that there is spirituality functioning like that. Yeah. And this is, form. I'm sorry, I'm making this no. question like 20 minutes of me just ranting. You're good. <laughs> You getting this out, I think, will help me flesh out stuff in a second. This is part of Lewis's genius in Screwtape Letters. He has a whole chapter, and maybe this is worth a whole podcast discussion, about uh, how to phrase this. The hubris and immorality of temperance. Right? He... Mm -hmm. He talks about people who are snobs of certain things. Mm-hmm. So me wanting them just the right way. Mm-hmm. And he makes a point in the end of the chapter about how, you know, maybe, maybe your patients struggle with, I think he uses lust as a specific example, if I'm not mistaken, with lust or with his anger. Could be just as much due to your influence as it is due to the fact that he didn't eat dinner. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So Lewis is, con- is on purpose breaking our dualism mm-hmm. of, Oh, things in my physical world are totally separated from things in my spiritual world. Yeah. My point is just to say to the guy in my class who goes, yeah, it's just like spiritual warfare. And I'm like, sure, maybe, but yeah. also you could just eat a better diet and probably not feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. Here comes my cynic, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. 
how has has been in the in the theological guild because i sit there and i listen to sermons and i go yeah but there's you know four things of context or layers in what you just said or yeah. trying to remark on this passage that actually have nothing to do with the conclusion you just drew so yeah i'm out yeah. or yeah. oh man i just i don't feel close to god but i really need direction and i just want to shake and go just make a decision Mm-hmm. you know yeah so so there's a lot there your turn go ahead there's a lot there um i think i'll start with the um my response to the general question and then i'll dive into some specifics i should have sure. been taking notes because there are several things that i'd like to circle back to um because you, you did say a lot of things that i resonate with um so i think the first thing I'll start with is what I heard a lot before going to divinity school. And that is, um, you know, seminary, don't you mean cemetery, right? People would say that all the time. And I always I actually thought, haven't heard that one. Really? No. Yeah. It's where your faith goes to die. Um, eh, yeah. And <clears throat> what I think is super interesting about that is, I mean, we, we sort of have a faith centered around death and resurrection. So is there an inherent problem in the death of one kind of faith and then the resurrection of another? Um, and maybe that's a discussion for another time. Um, but I, I will say that, yes, definitely going to seminary divinity school, going through this theological educational experience does change you. It just does. Um, and if you're thinking about theological education and you don't want that change, then you need to think very long and hard about whether or not you're really suited for it. On the other hand, I think every Christian needs more theological education. And so I would say do it. Now know that there will be at least a phase in time where you're, you probably end up, to use your words, cynical. Mm-hmm. Um, it was probably a few months ago, um, my wife and I had gotten back from a, a group of um, like hangout time with a group of Christians, and we had been discussing some biblical things. And I made a comment, or we were, I can't remember what we were talking about, Um, but it was on a topic that I thought I had some like background information on to breed more context, like you were talking about earlier with the pastor's sermon, pastor brings an illustration and you're like, I mean, this happens to me all the time, right? I'm sitting in church on Sunday and pastor brings up a point and I'm like, oh, that's really not what that scripture is saying because X, Y, or Z right? And so it makes it really hard to engage in that kind of spiritual practice. I I had the same issue with sermons that you described. Um, So it's the, so there's that issue, but then in Christian community too, right? If we're all having a discussion, I'm, I can very easily become that dude, right? The actually it means this, right? Well, really what's going on here is no, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah. And that'll come back later. Mm -hmm. Um, But what, um, 
And so I try really hard to not be that dude, mm -hmm. right? <clears throat> but yeah, small groups are really hard for me. I'm not going to yeah, lie. Yeah, they're really hard for me too, because I don't want to run roughshod over everyone. Yeah. But I also don't want to not participate at all. But I also don't want to participate inauthentically. And so it was, it was after this meeting, I, I made a comment and after I made the comment, I think you and I had actually have, a, have had an offline discussion about this. Yeah, yeah I believe After so. I made the comment, it was just dead silence in the group. And it wasn't like they're contemplating what I'm saying, dead silence. It's like they don't know what to do with one, what I just said, or two, my presence. And after driving home that night, I sat in the car with my wife and almost on the verge of tears told her, I don't know how to participate in normal Christian community anymore and be me at the same time. Yeah. yeah. And that was heartbreaking, genuinely. Yeah. Because all the, the reason I'm doing this is to better equip myself to then better equip other Christians on how to read the Bible well and informed and how to interpret it the best that we can and i no longer fit in in the community that i once set out to help yeah yeah so my <clears throat> i have a good friend who uh i don't think it's like I'll, I'll keep him anonymous, but I don't think he would mind me sharing yeah. this. He meets with one of the counselors at uh, our church, at my old church, I should say, uh, pretty regularly. And this counselor has a son who's in in the same situation we are. He's he's going to divinity school in seminary, and one of the things his dad commented on which I think is very wise he said be careful that you don't that you become irrelevant to everyone else in your pursuit of theological study and I think this is what we're feeling in a mm -hmm. very real sense that I had I had a friend and whether I call him a friend or not, uh, I don't know. Disagree with him on a whole gambit of things, but he's a fun person, mm -hmm. I should say. He's interesting to talk to because it's challenging. Yeah. And maybe you'll get this. I think you will. I think our relationship works this way. We were discussing actually the Egregor episode. He's in on all that, yeah. right? Uh, actually, I've also got him to read Heiser, so that's really fun. Nice. Uh, <laughs> I just have you to convert still. Yeah. Um, one day. One day. He's on my list. It's just a long list. Yeah. Maybe when we get to our gospel discussions more succinctly, he will come back. So we were discussing all this. He leaves to go uh, get a drink, and he comes back, and he, he says to me, you know, take this as a compliment. Uh, but I'm 
I'm glad that I can shorthand things with you in conversation and you'll understand it. Mm -hmm. I think our struggle that we feel much of the time in conversing with certain people is there is no shorthand. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, a good example of that is um, in another situation. I was at another biblical discussion kind of group, and I used the term post-exilic. And I just got blank stares. Now, I'm thinking post-exilic is a pretty standard, like, Old Testament term. And you're talking about the exile. It's after the exile. So after the Israelites have returned from Babylon, all of that. And I used that shorthand, and I got blank stares. And it was in that moment, I think my wife actually said something. She was like, hey, you need to explain that. And I was like, oh, shoot, my bad. Post-exilic. Turning from exile. Post-exile. Yeah. Um, After the exile. Yeah. And so even terms like that don't get used very frequently in Christian community. Um, And so, yeah, you're right. You can't shorthand. And so being a person who wants to help broaden the scope and scale of Christian education, specifically within the church, one, that highlights a problem to me, right? Because if most Christians don't know what post-exilic means, that means they're not reading their Old Testament properly, because that's a pretty key term. And that's to say nothing about the spiritual status of the people who were present when this happened. That is just to say that we as a church need to do better at educating our people about this book. I mean, if you want to talk about protecting people from the world or the culture corrupting their ideas or leading them astray, I think educating them is one of the best ways to do that. Second, it shows me that I need to be very, very careful about the way I relate to other people in just casual conversation. Because I can be saying things that I think are just normal and natural, but that really aren't. And it's because I'm using, for lack of a better term, jargon um, yeah. within and that, the theological that's, field. I think that specific example was what the counselor brought up to, to say, this is a way in which you become irrelevant yeah because even the way in which you talk about the thing is so different than how your normal christian quote-unquote engages with whatever it is (laughs) this is right we talked about this earlier my frustrations with even terming judaism or christianity as monotheism well, why would I have an issue with that? Well, how long do you have? Do you have two hours? Can like, and do you have a Bible? Can we open it up? How, do you know any Hebrew? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and I mean, to, to take that a step further, right? If I'm, let's say I'm having a theological debate with someone who's relatively Christian educated, but not nearly as Christian educated as I am. And so I might not be able to open up the uh, Stuttgartensia I have, which is the, the Hebrew, like Hebrew, Hebrew, and just read it casually, right? I'm not there yet, but I can open it up and I can work my way through it, right? They can't. 
And so if we get to the point in a discussion where I start throwing Hebrew at them, they can no longer compete. And ultimately, that's not fair because they might have valid points. Mm-hmm. And so then I win the debate on a technicality, right? And I don't want to do that. In fact, I don't even really want it to be a debate in the first place. But I mean, that's kind of the position that I've been put in, I've put myself in, what have you. And it's not like I'm trying to be arrogant. I'm, I'm trying to bring people along with me um, and, and trying to find the best way to do that. And I think, you know, ultimately we both are trying to bring people along with us. That's why we sit down and have conversations and record them and post them to the internet. Um, I think that's in, my, that's my goal at least. Yeah. And in no small part, this is us documenting our educational experience and the growth that we experience through that time. Um, yeah. But so, so to, so to go back to your bigger question, yes, I have become cynical to a degree in very similar ways. But I also think I'm starting to get to the point where I'm working through some of that cynicism um, and kind of coming out the other side, hopefully, I would say, better for it. And, and what I mean by that, so you talked about um, like what we mean by having a relationship with God and how that's yeah. super emotionalized usually. Um, I had several people as I was moving into the divinity school phase of life which might sorry no just to caveat for anyone who's who wants to dog me on that i don't know if categorizing relationship with god as emotional is completely unbiblical no i I don't think it is so i might just be being anti-bible at that moment yeah, which is, I think, part of your question to me, right, is like, how, how are we being shaped in potentially unhealthy ways mm-hmm. that we need to grow through? Um, so this isn't even us just, just critiquing the other culture. This is us also trying to be introspective and work through this process of how do we, where we are and how we've been shaped right now, get to a better place. And that's really been an internal question for me. So I'm, kind of, I'm really glad you brought this up, actually, because it kind of allows me to work through some of my internal processes, even that I've come through over the past few weeks. Um, so that's one thing that the, the emotionalization or, or lack of a relationship with God, um, that was something that was a concern, I should say, that was brought to me by several well-meaning people um, before or as I was starting the transition to divinity school. Um, and I, I don't know my relationship to that question at the time and still now is kind of like, eh? because I think that that does presuppose a primarily emotionally rooted sense of relationship. Um, on the one hand, but that isn't entirely inaccurate, right? I think that a p- important part of relationship is emotion. Um, I mean, let's take our relationship, for example. We started out as friends purely on an intellectually engaged basis, right? And I think we've gotten to the point now where we've started to share more parts of our life with each other off air. Um, and that's been a really good experience. 
Um, and so we've kind of, it, now it's more both as before it was one. And I think it's richer because it's both, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, similar with my wife, right? If I'm not sharing both my thoughts about the day and how my life is going, you know, while she's at work and I'm at school or, you know, internships or whatever, um, in that like mental part, but also how I'm feeling as I'm going about doing those things, that's not, that's not good, right? Because then she's missing a crucial part of who I am as a human being. And so what I would say is, I think we both probably grew up in a very emotionalized Christian context where a relationship with God, with God was all about how I felt the Holy Spirit moving in me at any particular moment in time. Oh, yeah. And tell me if this is true. Christian camp, summer camp, personal devotional time, which that phrase is even interesting. Yeah. Devo devotional. But anyway, <clears throat> here I am just being, oh, I see what you're really doing there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, the marker mm -hmm. of if my if i had a breakthrough or god was moving in my life was if i cried yeah if it produced an emotion in me and mm -hmm. normally not even and this is this goes along with certain things about like there's certain things about shame maybe that are part of part of this too yeah a whole nother discussion but my Markers for success in my relationship with God or God working in me, to put it in a different term, were my exuberant, and I don't just mean in a positive sense, response to whatever happened. Mm -hmm. Oh, man, that's that sermon was so, so good. I like... Yeah. I, I shed a tear or that song really hit me. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. I cried or yeah, man. I, and, and this is funny not to go, not to necessarily go here forever, but um, I think something that was healthy in my growing up years was I was, and I've talked to people, both men and women, by the way, uh, on this topic. And they have said, yeah, that wasn't really a thing for me as a kid. And I think, oh, well, that's probably because that kind of emotional response or feeling was never shamed mm -hmm. by my parents and very much credit to them, right? Yeah. Uh, so that, that's the good part. But I think the bad part that got instilled, not necessarily by my parents, yeah, but generally from boarding school, from larger evangelical culture was... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The effectiveness or the potency, maybe a better word, mm -hmm. of the thing going on, of your spiritual state or of your spiritual reaction is directly tied to your emotional reaction to whatever's happening. Yeah, there's a one-to-one -one correlation. How many kids cried at the last sermon on the week-long summer camp? Yeah. And rededicated their lives to Christ and threw the stick in the fire. Like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. and... But in, here's an those aren't bad things, by the way. I'm no, just saying they're, they're fantastic. And as a youth pastor, I worked to achieve that, right? But also as a youth pastor, I worked 
to make sure that that moment wasn't just a moment, but a transition to a new life, right? Mm -hmm. And that is, I think, the critique that we can really bring to that, right? And I think you and I both need more of that in our lives right now. Yeah. Because we are kind of cynical, right? And we are kind of grouchy and grumpy in situations like that from time to time. But I think the thing that we can bring to the Christian equation is the call to make those moments stick. And what's super ironic about the hyper-emotionalization of like the evangelical world is that we oftentimes in that context will say faith is doing what you know is right despite how you feel. But the way it manifests itself is by feeling something that you should, right? If we're talking about like actuality, it manifests itself by feeling the Holy Spirit's presence and having that emotional reaction, which again, I am 100% all for. I feel like God has changed my life in very many ways, very deeply because of emotional reactions that I had. But what's also interesting is that a lot of that was due to external issues in my life that needed resolving, internal issues in my life that needed resolving. And once those issues got resolved, then it felt like my relationship with God was lacking, right? Mm, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. now I don't have that emotional reaction because I'm dependent on the emotional reaction to secure my identity as a Christian and as a follower of, of Jesus. Mm-hmm as a child of God. And so I think it can very easily flip in the opposite direction, right? Because I, again, I think you and I can be very cynical, but I also think that we are perfectly positioned to recognize a critique on the other side and say, if your relationship with God is purely about that emotional reaction, what happens when all of your problems that you're going to God about are resolved and the emotions are no longer stirred in you because your life is fixed, then you really find out the thing you were worshiping was not God. It was the problems themselves. Yeah. And you made the problem and the roller coaster of the faith you had. This is why this is kind of prelude to, I might have my buddy Phil on the pod. He brought this exact thing up at church. This was like two, three months ago. And I I think ever since then, I've been like, Hmm, that, that is, that's probably right. So now how we don't we don't worship this is why i made the point i did as you just described as those things get pulled back Mm -hmm. what you find you were worshiping was the emotional the emotionality and the emotional reaction rather than god yeah and so 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 far just to sum up and i have a, a third point but my two points so far have been um we, we can definitely be cynical, and I'm going to address that a bit more in a second, but also that the hyper-emotionalization isn't healthy and that it often becomes an idol, right? Um, but to critique us for a minute, and this is kind of where I am right now, and this has been a development in me over probably the last two to three weeks, honestly. And so this is something that maybe we should return to in a while and hopefully... I have some more thoughts on the topic, Um, but uh, my wife and I are currently 
undergoing the process of joining a church. Mm -hmm. And um, it's a bit more of a formal church than the ones that we grew up in. I grew up Pentecostal. She grew up non-denominational. Yeah. Excuse me. This is a Presbyterian church. And so we, now they have some theology that I agree with. They have some theology I disagree with um, and, and what have you, right? Um, the sermons are actually pretty engaging. So I don't typically have as much that like eye roll reaction when I'm listening to the sermon. Yeah. Uh, but one thing that I do kind of miss is Pentecostal worship because Pentecostal worship is crazy and it is emotion filled. Yeah. And what's, what's interesting, right. Is being the most. No, Daniel, it's spirit filled. Okay. Yes. Yes. I would, I would actually. I go to an AG school. Okay. I can make these jokes. Yes, you can. You 100% can. And I would agree with that, but I I think that um, those two tied together is kind of an unhealthy. um, Yep. Yep. And they would critique the same thing too, I believe. Yes. Um, I've heard it in class. My AG pastor, I'm sure would say the same thing. In fact, I'm pretty sure he and I have had that conversation before. Um, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I, I think we have. Um, anyway, the um, what's interesting, right, is I think, and I didn't realize this at the time, but I relied on the more emotional side of that worship in order to get that side of my spirituality fulfilled mm-hmm. because I am more of a spiritually intellectual person. Mm-hmm. And so now that I've been kind of taken out of that context and put in one that isn't quite that way, I've noticed that side of me kind of get sapped. And so now I have to work a bit harder to fulfill that for myself and and to, to seek out opportunities for that aspect of a relationship with God. Because again, I think a relationship is both the intellectual and the emotional. And you can't have a good balanced relationship without both. Yeah. Uh, and so I think you and I both need to do a better job of fulfilling that emotional side. Yeah. Um, and I, when you're, when you're done a transition here, I have, yeah. I have something I want to ask you about again, but it'll, it'll make a great segue to our f- fuller conversation. Yeah. Because yeah. we haven't even um, made it there yet. <clears throat> yeah. So one quick, um, one quick last thing is, so I said, my wife and I, we're going through the process of um, joining, a, joining a church, yeah. being official members of the church. And um, a couple of Friday nights ago, we were at like the membership class. And in that class, being someone who's, you know, in a divinity school, like I was tracking with what he was saying, even though I didn't agree. I'm like, okay, yeah, you're, you're in that camp. You're in that camp. You're not in that camp. You're in that yeah, camp. Yeah. And, and yeah. I have all that background information. And so I'm literally just like sliding him into boxes or as he's talking about church history, I'm like, <laughs> okay, that's not right. That's right. Actually, that's a unique perspective. I hadn't thought about that. That's cool. That's not right. And, and so I'm, I'm engaged in that way. It's the critic and, yes. and not necessarily in a bad way, but it's no, that. not at all. As, and, as you watch Blue Buds, okay, medium shot, close-up, reaction shot, over the, sh- like, you know, yeah, it's that, yeah. you're cataloging, mm-hmm. for lack of a better word. Yeah, and, um, but I got out of that, um, and I, I, I genuinely think, 
to use a more emotional term, I think God did something in me that night. Because I think as I was sitting there, I could feel the Holy Spirit say, like, stop. Stop. And be a part of the community. Mm -hmm. Because it doesn't matter if they fulfill all your ideological box. I was going to be a member of the church regardless, as long as they would take me and my quirkiness, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But it doesn't matter if they fulfill all of your ideological boxes. Mm -hmm. If you do that, you are the hypocrite that you hate so much. Yeah. So yeah. I right now feel the burden of submitting myself to the leadership of someone who knows as much or a little bit more than I do. Mm -hmm. And definitely yeah. has more life experience in Christian leadership than I do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And no, so I, yeah. I think that's my solution right now mm -hmm. to my cynicism is submission mm. and making sure mm. that I'm not getting on my high horse all the time, but I'm, I'm becoming okay with someone else's high horse that I disagree with being the thing that is presented that I'm listening to and being able to go to that person and say, like, I disagree with you but I'm going to let you pastor me. Mm. Mm. And, and I think that's become at least at this moment in time, my solution. And I, I do genuinely think that that is what God has told me to do in this moment. Mm. Mm. So yeah, I, I, I would, I don't know if it's been that explicit for me. Uh, yeah. I haven't had a moment necessarily like that. Mm -hmm. It's funny though you bring that up, and I'm reminded that we. And it's funny because I joke. I go to school, or I go to school. Not, I don't go to school with a bunch of them. Um, I go to church with a bunch of liberals, and yeah. take that phrase how you you want to take it. I'm not being derogatory necessarily. Yeah, I'm just saying I don't lean that way largely. So it's always interesting. Mm -hmm. And I don't just mean liberal in the political sense either. Uh, I go to a church with some people who for years were married to Christians. And then like one girl I'm thinking of specifically married to a great Christian guy who probably for years of going to my church would say, yeah, I don't know about the whole God thing. Even like, and I'm not saying that that makes her a liberal. All I'm saying is yeah. my church is weird yeah. like really weird it's outside the box it's not it is definitely outside the box even last week jeremy goes yeah i know some of you might not actually be on the whole like god thing you might think that jesus is just some interesting like moral figure from the past but however you take that right so he knows his audience he's very aware yeah i say i make that joke not really but kind of joke to say it was really interesting because few months ago we had a discussion about submission and what does that look like and i don't think it was at that exact moment but i think it was that tied with a few other things jeremy has said where and i think specifically it was this moment where he goes i think i think we were it was in our discussion about submission actually and he says you know what, it, what he was like 
what do you want to like fill yourself and your life and your community with people who think exactly like you? Mm-hmm. How boring. How uninteresting. Yeah. He's like, I don't want to do that. And, uh, and uh, oh, and the other thing that was huge, and this is something we'll bring back later when we talk about the gospel. We ended up talking about the kingdom of God and theocracy because you're talking about submission to Christ. Mm-hmm. And he said, keep in mind, we're not talking about a democracy here. We're talking yeah. about a king. Yeah. And he's like, am I okay with that? I don't know. Yeah. Well, and that brings up an, an interesting point. Um, so, sorry, but to finish, finish that yeah, yeah, off, yeah. I had the same kind of revelation of, okay, well, I'm submitting to, I'm in this church. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. And I love the people in this church. One of the guys in my small group is a self like proclaim, I don't know necessarily self proclaim, but like highly interested in communism. One of my like best friends at the yeah. church, great yeah. guy. And it's like, okay, but how boring, right? And I have my own qualms, communism, obviously, but like, yeah. All right. Well, we're here. And the yeah. thing that unites us is more than our political ideology or our political bent. Yeah. Or our theological bent. Mm-hmm. It's submission to Christ. And I see in my pastor and the and in the board and pastoral staff, because even my church of 60 people has that, by the way. We have hierarchy. Uh people who want to do that. Mm-hmm. So no matter how it might shake out in the specifics, I'm in. Yeah. And now, lucky for me, I go to a church that leans heavily on intellectualism. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I kind of get to have my cake and eat it too at that level. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I'm in. And mm-hmm. at some level... Because I, because I trust him, to be honest, yeah, which is what we'll get to here in a minute. I'm like, all right, I, I'm submitting. And keep in mind, and this might piss some people off. Pastoral staff at my church, the who are the head pastors, Jeremy and Kate Olsup. I am also submitting myself to female leadership in my church. So that actually segues right into what I was about to interrupt you with a second ago. Um, and that is... And I'm totally okay with that. Yeah. Um, so I, we were, my wife and I were at a, some friend's house last night and we... Because um, it's also Jeremy's wife. She's not my wife. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and she's way older than me, way wiser mm-hmm. than I am and smarter than me and like a bunch of other and more probably yeah. sp- like spiritually sound. Like there's a lot of other variables than just like, uh, her genitalia is not a penis. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's possible. Um, and so my wife and I were having discussion, um, last night with some friends and I brought up a lot of the things that I had just said about submission and like the season of life where I feel like I'm called to, you know, 
kind of lay a lot of my mental Christian ideas aside and just be a part of Christian community. Um, and in talking about that, um, one of our friends, she said, um, she mentioned how she kind of has to do that with the Bible sometimes and how the Bible um, is really like it can say things that in our modern context, they kind of cause a knee jerk, like pull away reaction. Um, and she said, and we've, we're all on the same page of like women in leadership of a church. That's a good thing. Thumbs up. But she brought this up and she was like, if the Bible did genuinely say women cannot be in leadership, period. And that was the definitive Right. And for all you people that want to take Paul on this, maybe that's another discussion for I think that's another discussion. Um, I think that's very much another discussion because yeah, as I was saying that I was like, yeah, also not what he's saying. Head coverings and testicles. I'll triggered. (laughs) (laughs) Um that's a phrase. Um, yeah, I think we need to have that conversation at some point. Um there we go on, on here, but Let's just for now assume that our arguments that we will present later are sound and that we women can be legitimate leaders of Christian community. She said, even if that wasn't the case, if it did genuinely say that women cannot be leaders, period, am I willing to submit myself to that? Mm, yeah. And this was the question that Jeremy begged a lot in our, in our discussion at church about this. Yeah. And I mean, we can say that about insert controversial topic here, right? I mm-hmm. mean, you throw up a, a hot topic label of any time in history, but right now in particular, and say, if the Bible contradicts this belief, am I okay with that? And am I willing to submit myself to that? And I mean, there's the broader question, should I submit myself to that? Um, I personally think yes, but there are plenty of people who call themselves Christians who would say no. Um, I yeah. go to school with a lot of them. And so, you know, that's a discussion. Yeah. But this uh, is what makes our some of our biblical views conservative, by the way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, is because we would actually say, yes, you do need to submit to what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. And some people would say no. Um, I sat in my, uh, my class on Romans, I think it was a week ago. Yeah, a week ago, exactly. And um, I think I referenced this last week um, a little bit, but they were talking about how, you know, oh, we, you know, the Bible says this, that, or the other, but we now have a modern understanding and we can kind of apply the same logic to our situation. Oh, I see what you're doing here. It's Yeah, yeah. And so we supersede the, I'm doing the air quotes a lot today. We supersede the, um, what the Bible says, because we think we can extract the principle and apply it. And I think that sometimes that might be legitimate. And I think other times... That would be a very Peterson moral reading with the Bible, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Um, But I I think they take it a little further than even he would. Um, And so, I don't know. It's, It's interesting. We were, I mean, we were specifically talking about Romans 1 there, so go read Romans one, and then you can figure out what the exact issue was. I'll leave it at that. Um, 
but it I don't know it was an interesting conversation and I in my notes I legitimately legitimately wrote down do we take this as a meta ethic which is the term that was used or do we take this as a, a real ethic to apply even now um so anyway so, yeah. Apparently, submission is the answer for us. So <laughs> that's and what I've come to at this I'll point. put it, I'll, I'll say this. And obviously, and, I, and as we're having this discussion, I think I'm going to cut this and make it its own mini I think it episode. Should be. I think it should be. And then we'll go on. I think we have time, I think, yeah. to go into our larger discussion. Um, but as. So for those of you watching and wonder why is or why are they wearing the same clothes in two se same episodes? Well, that's why. It's the, it's uh, the same. Because <laughs> uh, we're recorded on the same day, okay? Um, for me, and maybe this is specific for you, and I think we can kind of end this here. But the answer seems to be submission, as I just said. For me, and obviously there's people I've done this with. Otherwise, I wouldn't allude to them as much. Mm-hmm. For me, it's very hard to submit intellectually to someone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is why I'm, I think I'm very blessed to go to the church I go to because yeah. with Jeremy, I find that fairly easy. Yeah. Because I, I, it's no exaggeration when I say to him about, a, say about him to other people, he's probably the most well read person I've ever met in my life. Yeah. And, so I'm okay with that. And obviously there's people like, you know, Lewis, who we'll get to here, or Heiser, obviously. Right. Other people in this realm that I am okay submitting to intellectually. Mm -hmm. Not that I take everything they say as gospel, because I spent time earlier, pre-show, critiquing right, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. I critiqued right with Heiser. So it's like, okay, who in my like hierarchy yeah. is higher, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that I'm significantly blessed just to say it bluntly that I'm in a position where I feel free and don't feel cheated in doing so. Yeah. But I think that that is a great, especially for, for us mm -hmm. is a great answer it's yeah. worth 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 really thinking about yeah no i i agree and i think that it is going to be difficult um but i i never want to be the christian douchebag yeah you know yeah and and i feel like it's very easy for us to be and i hope that we've never come across on this podcast that way maybe we have maybe we haven't i don't know um hey i title it for the clicks okay i title it for the clicks i'm part of the algorithm yeah yeah, yeah i'm yeah. not trying to be mean yeah um and the uselessness of inerrancy so yeah. like you know, it, i mean and it's not i mean you're right and that's part of the capitalistic complex let's just throw some other controversial things uh, there like it but I mean, the, the truth of it is like you do kind of have to be clickbaity if you're going to, um, you know, compete. So, yeah, but I don't think you or I are trying to be 
be douchebags. We, we're just two guys living this Christian life in seminary, trying to figure out how to make it all fit together. And it's tough. Yeah. It is. Yeah, and, and I'm I not – yeah, finish your statement. I was just going to say, and I, th- I think we need help, which is where that submission piece comes in. Yeah. Yeah, like I've been saying to Jeremy for weeks, like, let's get together. Let's talk. Let's have a conversation. And I said that to him last Sunday, and he goes, yeah, well, you never texted me. And I was like, no, I did not. You know, yeah. now it's notoriously, if you are in my circle at all or in Springfield or go to my church, it is notoriously difficult to get a hold of Jeremy. But it was just so funny that uh, it was my end that was yeah. that was the problem. He's like, yeah, but you just didn't text me. I told you text me. We'll figure it out. So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I, the point is, like, I am wanting to have certain conversations with him and other people at my school and yeah. faculty of like, OK, I need some wisdom i need some direction like help me in making my decision about where i go from here right and i and you guys that know me that have been following this like you understand i have higher higher goals for this than just what it is currently put it that way um but you know i'm okay with that process and I am more than fine in the place I am right now and the places I am and submitting. And even, and even this goes to classes that I have and readings that I have and things that I'm involved in where I don't agree and don't necessarily love the direction things go all the time. Mm-hmm. This happens bluntly in like my New Testament class on occasion. Yeah. But even last week, right? And I'm a math student, so I'm with a lot of people who are in MDiv. We've talked about the difference before here. Yeah, I've talked about it explicitly in my while I'm in seminary video. But he talks a lot about how to pastor people, and I can never knock him for that. He said some very wise things, and no matter of how I disagree with his curation for the class or certain examples he uses in some sense i am sitting here submitting to my professor on tuesday nights when i go to class yeah because to to bring up something i've talked about before rule nine i'm assuming the person i'm listening to the person appointed to teach me in class or in church or lead me might know something that i don't which goes towards that humility and that submission. And that's a very intellectual submission. Yeah. But I think it's relevant for us in this conversation. So. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. I agree. And I I think. Do you have any, do you have any other statements you want to make about this? I'm pretty much done. No, I I think that probably sums up my thoughts. Um, Like I said, this is an ongoing process, I guess, for both of us. Um, so maybe at a later date we can check in and see how this submission is going or if we feel it differently about the solution Um, but yeah I think this has been not just a good thing for other people hopefully then it might help people 
but I think this has been something that's, this has been a conversation that's good for me. Oh yeah. Um, and this, how so. I know it's good is this conversation went somewhere I did not expect at all. 